안녕하세요. Good morning. Good morning, my dear brothers and sisters. Clergy ambassador for peace. 안녕하십니까. I am very, very strong. Just only voice a little bit gone. I am very strong, my brothers and sisters. Yesterday morning, I went to uh, Greater Louisville Family Church to have breakfast together with the brothers and sisters. This breakfast meeting was also a victory celebration for the uh, Saturday's marriage blessing summit. So we also cut a victory cake. I ask each member to share their reflection about the summit. And then state leader, Reverend Noam Presley, also share his testimony, how he brought Bishop Bernie Wade and his family to the summit. While listening to members' reflection, I received a lot of new inspiration I, I share with the members there. Despite of many kind of the challenges, the first trip of the, my second 50 state tour was successfully completed in Kentucky. I really appreciate our sub-regional sub leader, uh, three, our Takamis couples, beautiful leadership, all leadership really unite together with the Reverend Takamis uh, leadership and uh, really uh, create beautiful unity and harmony. And also I personally and appreciate our state leader of the Kentucky and the Reverend uh, Norm uh, Presley. Let's read and then uh, today I would like to speak with the title, beginning of the heavenly unified world, raising the banner of the victory in Oceania from content to mother's memoir. I shared yesterday some part and today I share another part. Okay, share please. The following day, December 10, attendees of the Asia Pacific First Lady Summit 2019 gathered at the Narajamayang Cultural Center. The opening ceremony began with an address by the First Lady. Then my emissary and daughter-in-law, Women's Federation for World Peace International President Moon Hunsuk read the founder's message on my behalf. Through her, I conveyed my love not only for Palau, but for all of Oceania, the starting point of the Pacific civilization. In the past, Father Moon proclaimed the advent of the Pacific Rim, Rim era and emphasized the providential importance of the Asia Pacific region. In 1992, he wrote in his calligraphic Chinese characters, the unified world will begin in Oceania and offered prayers and other spiritual conditions for the restoration of Oceania to God. The 40-day cosmic Canaan course for the settlement of Chenoguk created the foundation for an Asia Pacific Union. I gained national level support in November at the Cambodia Rally of Hope and the Taiwan Rally of Hope, which connected with Chinese communities across the globe. 
at the Africa Summit in Niger, I won the support of Africa on the continental level. Palau's Rally of Hope Summit and Blessing Ceremony was the capstone of the Asia Pacific Union. The First Ladies attending the Asia Pacific First Lady Summit resolved to address the fundamental problems of the world with a maternal heart. They called it the day of woman's liberation established by the true mother of humankind. It was a true woman's day for another reason also. In contrast to summits held elsewhere, it was women who were in charge of the preparations assisted by men. The next day, December 11, the government-sponsored blessing ceremony took place. Historic events always hit bumps in the road, and this one was no exception. As midnight approached on the day before the ceremony, the president's secretariat informed us that our schedule conflicted with a state budget meeting, so the president would not be able to attend. It was a bolt out of the blue that left us all deflated. Our spirits were revived, however. Yeah, just a moment. Uh, yeah, okay, please. Our spirits were revived, however, when as the first lady of Palau and the other first ladies entered the blessing venue the following morning, the MC joyfully announced that the president had arrived and was making his way to the stage. Palau's first lady summit and blessing was a milestone in God's providence. It marked Oceania as the starting point of the Pacific civilization, which unfolds around the maternal heart of giving and giving again. The Pacific Ocean is known as a symbol of peace and womanhood, especially motherhood. The victory was due not just to the leaders and people of that beautiful island nation, but also to my two daughters-in-law and Asia Pacific Family Federation members who united in earnest prayer offered with the heart to move heaven. We are one family and one holy community of heavenly parent. With the conviction that to stop is to fail, to persevere is to succeed, I keep moving forward undaunted, no matter what difficulties come. I need to be a mother of love and benevolence who can overlook faults and embrace all circumstances with a maternal heart as wide as the ocean. That is why even today, I stay awake at night with the heart to cover all the world's children with blankets while they sleep. Today, in connection uh, with yesterday's content, I would like to share with you some of the content I report to through mother for the Palau First Lady Summit. Please read. Yananim Hunsuknim and the Women's VIP and WFWP delegation to attend the summit paid a courtesy visit to the president. President Thomas Remengesau Jr., despite his long trip, expressed his gratitude to the guests who visited Palau and showed respect and longing 
for True Father and the peace movement. He also emphasized the role of women in the peace movement and the importance of the younger generation in the future and said he hoped everyone would make good memories during their stay in Palau. Moon Hunsuk, chairman of the Women's Federation for World Peace, then expressed true mother's regards, said Palau was like a role model of the kingdom of heaven on earth and that true father really loved Palau and spread the peace movement here. She expressed thanks for cooperating with this meaningful work now that the Asia Pacific First Lady Summit is starting in beautiful Palau. In the afternoon, we had time to meet WFWP representatives, including Palau First Lady Debbie Remengasau, Yananim, and Hunsuknim. That time, First Lady Debbie Remengasau said, I am a blessed family, blessed by the late President Sam Young Moon in 2005. It is a huge honor that President Sam Young Moon blessed me during his lifetime. And in particular, I was the only current leader to attend his Sangwa ceremony. Palau has the culture of an island country. All women, politically influential women, are the main characters of creating peace. It is important that peace begins with me and it is important that it begins with the family. My term of office expires next year. After I resign from the presidency, I will do my best as a wife and grandmother of my grandchildren. I also established the Remengasau Foundation. This is because I met President Moon and realized what is needed for a peaceful world and to pass down to the younger generation in the future and I learned what I have to do. I hope you made good memories in beautiful Palau during your stay and come back again with your family. At dinner time, the president spoke and he was an amazing speaker. He said, I'm the president of this country, but I attended this banquet as a guest. It was because my wife, host and first lady invited me. So everyone laughed happily. The president continued. The first lady is the bridge between the government and society that is connected to youth, families, schools, religious organizations, and communities. Therefore, the first lady must be part of the solution to the problems facing today's society. First of all, women must participate in solutions that all countries around the world face. Wow, thank you so much. I again remind the uh, Palau's uh, First Ladies Summit. It was a really incredible event and True Mother was so inspired uh, to, uh, to see such a beautiful event in Palau. And then our international headquarters continuously now promoting the First Ladies Association for World Peace. So let's support our Women Federation for World Peace in America and Canada for them to really organize very well the future First Ladies Summit in America. 
leaving divine principle, uh, the dual characteristics of God and the created universe. Heavenly honey, please. The dual characteristics of God. How can we know the divine nature of the invisible God? One way to fathom his deity is by observing the universe which he created. Thus, St. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, has been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. How can we know the divine nature of the invisible God? One way to fathom his deity is by observing the universe which he created. EDP mentioned that. Uh, fathoming his deity by observing the universe means we can know God by looking at ourselves. This is because we are the substantial uh, mani manifestation of the universe. Human beings is a you know, microcosm. That's why Saint Paul said in Rome, chapter 1, verse 20, ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity has been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. We have a mind and body. In our mind, we have intellect, emotion, and will. Additionally, just as we have a heart and love, the God who created human beings has the same characteristics because there can be no result without a cause. Therefore, by researching the self, our own self, one can know God. And also here, Bible mentioned Jesus talking about John, chapter 14, verse 8 to 10. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father, Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. This is a really incredible expression. You know, what, does it, what, what you just saying there? Anyone who has seen me, has, has seen the Father, how can you say, show us the Father? I am the Son of God. You know, I'm the Son of God. You see me, you know, immediately you can guess who is my Father. Oh, wow, Father, that Jesus is very much uh, confidently uh, talk to the, his disciple, Philip, who I am, who are you? Jesus is not a fallen man. Jesus is God's substantial of their pattern. Therefore, 
When fallen human beings are restored, there's no one who can deny that God exists in me like Jesus did, and that I exist in God. So what is the conclusion? How can we know God? It means that we can know God through me, the center of the creation. Children resemble their parents. I am no resultant being. This means that the existence of me eventually resembles the character and appearance of God, the creator. If children do not resemble their parents, who will resemble their parents? Very clear. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, has been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. God's power and divinity are apparent in human beings and all creation. Human beings and all things are textbook for knowing God. That's why Father talking about when he discovered divine principle, sometimes uh, some content of the Bible very confused. Of course, he discovered based on the Bible, but most of the, his content, how discover God's eternal truth, he said, through the nature. Through the nature. Human beings and all things are the textbook for knowing God. You know, and then human beings and all things resemble God the most. To know the symbolic God, observe all things. To know God's image, observe human beings. When True Father discovered the divine principle, he learned many things from nature. Nature is the museum of humankind's love. How lamentable that ignorant human beings cannot know the power and divinity of God by looking at nature. Fallen humans cannot feel God's intellect, emotion, will, and love through nature. That's the fall. Through heartistic relations and oneness with nature, we can reach a mystical trends like a state. That's why even Buddha mentioned that. Even many saints and sages mentioned that. According to their experience, when they become oneness with God, and then they really discover the reality of God. Our divine principle really logically and scientifically explained very clearly God's existence. Continue. Just as the invisible nature of the maker is concretely displayed in his works of art, everything in the created universe is a substantial manifestation of some quality of the creator's invisible divine nature. Just as we can come to know the character of an artist through his works, so we can understand the nature of God by observing the diverse things of creation. 
Thank you, Heavenly Honey. Everything is uh, in the creator universe is a substantial manifestation of some quality of creator's invisible divine nature. I resemble God's divinity and am his substantial object pattern. You need to know that we are God's greatest masterpiece. Because humans are God's greatest masterpiece, all of God's characteristics are within us. You should know the fact that each entity in the entire creation is God's masterpiece. How grateful are we when we see God's masterpiece? My brothers and sisters, I am God's masterpiece because I am child of God. Then what is my greatest masterpiece? It is my children. Right? Wow, amazing who I am. I am God's greatest masterpiece. Who is, who is God? He is my eternal parents. If we know this fundamental relationship between God and me as a parent and child, we can solve any issues, any problems. That's why how can we teach God's existence, God's dream, God's hope, God's purpose of creation? This is our homework to teach to all mankind. Intangible characteristics are expressed through a visible substantial form. Consequently, God's invisible characteristics are all expressed through us. You know, how we express our heart and mind. Our heart and mind, even though our heart and mind, we cannot see invisible, but expressed through our body. How can you know you are, you are now very angry or not? We can see your emotion and your face and your action. We can know that. That's why even though God is invisible, but we can know through his external, through the, his human being. That's why God expressed through the visible substantial form, through all things through each one of the human being. God has intellect and emotion and will. That's why we also have emotion and will, right? Intellect, same as God. I am some, I am very upset with something. God also can be very upset when he see evil things. He has intellect. He has a power of the will. Without power of the will, how he create all things, how he create human being. 
That's why what I have, intellect and emotion and will and love and heart, actually God has the same things because we are the one who resemble God. That's why divine principle mentioned, how can we know God? How can we know God's deity and power? You have everything in you. That's why through you can know God. Very clear. Through you can know God. Where are you looking for God? You are masterpiece of God. You are children of God. Children resemble whom? Resemble parents. Parents. Wow, many people looking for God from sky, from somewhere else. What's the best way to know God? What's the best way to know God? Through, through me, through my character, through my heart, through my emotion, through my intellect. It is a really divine principle guide us really, really, very clearly. Today's youth ministry, the three great pains of Abraham. Abraham's family faced many trials due to having the having to inherit all of the historical cause of victory on the third generation with the Adam's family as the first generation and Noah's family as the second generation. Abraham is the third generation. Abraham faced three trials or three types of great suffering. He first experienced the pain of leaving his parents' hometown that he was attached to. The second pain was the being forced to give his wife to a foreign king. The third pain was having to sacrifice his only son Isaac as an offering when he was hundred years old. The most difficult pain of them all was having to sacrifice his only son Isaac. Sacrificing Isaac as an offering was a pain greater than greater than that of sacrificing himself in front of God. There is no record of whether Abraham told his wife Sarah of God's command to sacrifice Isaac as an offering. Bible not much talking about Abraham's suffering. Bible not much talking about Abraham's hardest. Bible not much talking about how Heavenly Father deals with Adam Abraham's family. Bible did not clearly describe when Adam and Eve fell, how was God's heart is so much painful. Did not mention. Consider just how intense Sarah's pain would have been if Abraham told her of Isaac becoming a sacrificial offering. Or in the case of Abraham have, have not having told Sarah and going through the sacrifice by himself, consider Abraham's heart, a heart of the solitary 
pain of having to go through with sacrificing Isaac while being forced to keep this secret from his wife. That's why we need, we need to understand the heart of the Abraham. That's why our divine principle, part two, is very, very powerful, very important because we can inherit through the central figures, uh, you know, cause. We can inherit their heart, their pain, their sorrowful, you know, suffering cause. That's the reason why we have to learn part two divine principle. Wow, I love Abraham, even though he failed to offer three offerings. How was, you know, to recover, you know, to recover his failure. How much he put his heart, how much he determined. He has absolute faith toward God. When he received some kind of a comment, God asked him to offer his son Isaac. And he did not talk to Isaac. Maybe he did not talk to his wife, Sarah. And then going up to the, you know, some mountain with his son. How was that? Abraham's heart. Can you imagine about that? He is a human being as well. Even though he received God's comment, he decided to offer his son. How much does he love his son? Only son, but need to offer. Maybe he could not express and talk to his wife. The only way the journey to go to the mountain. Can you imagine that? How was, how much sorrowful he was. But he, but he loves God. He wants to unite with the heavenly parents. That's why he became the ancestor of the, his descendants. I really love the name Abraham. Do you know what Abraham means? You will become the father of the all people. Abraham. There's a reason that God told Abraham to offer Isaac as a sacrifice, as a condition of the greater indemnity. Despite having failed in offering the symbolic offering, there's a reason for everything that God does. Thus, there's a surely some sort of the meaning in regard to the symbolic offering. Surely God did not choose the dove and sheep and hayfall. <coughs> simply because he uh, liked them as offerings. God is not that kind of a vague God. 
ask them to offer three kinds of offering, tov, sheep, and heifer. That is clear meaning. Because God like that kind of animals. God is not that kind of a vague God. Where there is a symbolic things, there is a very, very clear meaning. What is the origin of the three great pains of Abraham? The source of the pain must be from Adam's family. The three pains of Abraham can be seen as a reenactment. Do you understand? Reenactment means the three pains of Abraham can be seen as a reenactment of the three great pains of God toward Adam's family. God originally created the beautiful Garden of Eden at the time of the creation. However, he experienced the suffering of having the surrender all to Satan due to Adam and Eve's fall. This was reenacted in the form of God's first command through which Abraham experienced the pain of abandoning his beloved hometown environment and leaving his parents. Can we imagine Heavenly Father created the universe, created sun and moon and stars and ocean, everything, incredible universe for the sake of the human being. But because of Adam and Eve, God lost, lost his property. And, you know, Garden of Eden invaded by Satan. Satan became the king of the gods, Eden. Lost the environment. God lost his hometown. That's why repeating same problems in Abraham's family. And Abraham has a God's position as a central figure, he need to recover that. When he leave his hometown, can we imagine he just follow God's order? He need to leave his father and mother, his brothers and sisters. You know? That was it. Because Abraham is a really filial son to Terah, his father. Actually, leaving from his hometown is really very painful. We can learn why Abraham need to go to the kind of cause. Then came God's pain of the uh, surrendering Eve, God's daughter and future wife of Adam to Satan. This was re reenacted in the form of Abraham having to endure the pain of the being first to give his wife to foreign king. Then came the scene of the Abraham offering his only son Isaac as a sacrifice, a son born to him when he was 100 years old. 
whose pain is being reenacted re here. It can be seen as an uh, enactment of the pain in the place of God's sorrow of having lost his only son Adam. When God lost his son, first son, Adam, wow, how much God is crying. When God's lost Eve, taken by evil archangel, his first daughter, Eve, his only son, Adam. How much God's heart is was so much painful, painful. How much is suffer? You know, that Adam's family's uh, three great pains. And then need to, you know, again, these kind of things happening in Abraham's family because need to restore Adam's family's failure. Need to restore God's heart. We can see that the cause of three great pains of Abraham in the end lies in Adam's family to be more uh, precise. The fall of Adam's family can be seen as the incident which became the source of the suffering of Abraham's family. This is an amazing discovery. Noah's family, everything connected to Adam's family. Abraham's family's any incident, anything happened, connect to Adam's family, my brothers and sisters, need to know that. Why Abraham need to go to take the three great pain? Because it was happening in Adam's family. That's why he need to restore back through the indemnity cause. This means that we must inherit the suffering as done by Abraham's family of the suffering God expressed through Adam's family. If fallen human beings are to seek God by having discovered this truth, it is easy to view God as a cruel God. If we are unaware of this aspect of the principle, how else could God do something as a, you know, serving the bond between Abraham and his wife? Okay, mistake. Okay, it is easy to view God as a cruel God if we are unaware of this aspect of the principle. How else could God do something as a severing the bond between Abraham and his wife? How else could God bless Abraham, a son, while at 100 years of age? only to command him to step and kill Isaac moment later. Many people say God is very much, very much a cruel God. You know, God is a God of the judgment. 
many people misunderstood about that. Then came God's pain of surrendering Eve. God's daughter and future wife of Adam to Satan. This was reenacted in the form of Abraham having to endure the pain of being forced to give his wife to a foreign king. Then came the scene of Abraham offering his only son Isaac as a sacrifice. A son born to him when he was 100 years old, whose pain is being reenacted here. It can be seen as an enactment of pain in place of God's sorrow over having lost his only son, Adam. Wow. Everything kind of the express of the God's suffering, God's hardship. We need to know about that. How can we restore by restore back God's heart? This is the issue. Right, my brothers and sisters. If you know to understand someone's heart, and we need to understand his background and his pain and his sorrow. Without understanding his sorrow and pain and difficulties, we never understand that person's heart. They try same things. What does a fall mean? Fall means what? Lost God's heart. That's why in order to understand God's heart, you need to understand Adam's family. Since God lost his children, his only son Adam, his only daughter Adam Eve, he lost his all all property, all the universe taken by Satan. God lost everything. He lost Adam, Adam, his son, and his daughter. He lost his all property just one day. Can you imagine how much God was suffering? He is more sensitive than anyone else. Because God is a God of love, very, very, very sensitive. When he feels pain, cannot imagine his pain, how much great was. Nobody understand about that. And how to liberate God without understanding his suffering. How can we understand God? How can we build up artistic relationship between God and me? That's why we can learn through Abraham's family. What is God's pain was in Adam's family? We can see many examples of this in fallen world of today. We come to witness a cruel incidents at times. However, upon further examination, we come to understand that such cruel individuals have ancestors met with unjust incidents in the background. People become more cruel 
the greater their resentment and injustice faced. Cruelty is not an issue for those who with you know, accumulated resentment. God of Han. Do you understand? Han means bitter heart. That is also not enough expression. God of Han experience when he lost Adam and Eve cannot be expressed in words. <coughs> An external view of the fallen human beings, the path of the seeking and arriving at God can be seen as a cruel one. The experience of such injustice, injustice cannot be understood unless one is met with the exact same experience. Likewise, in the case of uh, alleviating God's suffering, God cannot be liberated from his suffering unless a human being undergo the same cause of suffering. Because of all human not only inherit the heart of God, but also inherit his pain and suffering and sorrow, you know, to become the true children. Parents and children need to connect with their hearts and minds. How can a child establish a parent-child relationship if he or she does not know the sorrow and pain of the parents? Heaven is the place where the heart and the heart communicating. Without heartistic communication between parents and children, how can they know each other? Therefore, my brothers and sisters, think of a suffering I, I encounter as a suffering of the meeting, God's suffering. And think that the way to solve the pain you in, encounter is the way to release God's pain. Abraham had the responsibility to inherit the suffering of Adam's family and eventually release God's sufferings. Therefore, we need to understand and release the suffering around us as God's suffering and the suffering of the nation as God's suffering and the suffering of the mankind as God's suffering. Without understanding God's suffering, we cannot build up the relationship parent and child. As a child, as a sons and daughters, need to know my parents' heart. Without knowing God's heart, without knowing God's suffering, how can we really see him? How can we liberate him? How can we accomplish his will? That's why any suffering come to me, we need to appreciate. This suffering is the way to meet God's suffering. I can understand more deeper God's heart. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You give me that kind of suffering. And through this opportunity, I, I can understand you more. I can have a more close relationship with you, Heavenly God. I love you. No matter what, you are my eternal Father. You are my eternal parent. I am child of God. If we have that kind of attitude, we can overcome any suffering. And also through the suffering, we can liberate 
God's heart. Thank you.